You've heard me talk about Tacovas, the company carrying on all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. Well, longtime listener Jeremy emailed me to say, Zabe, I was on a work trip to Austin, knew about Tacovas from the podcast, stopped into the store. Next thing you know, I've got a damn good pair of boots and I'm looking sharp with a nice buzz to boot. Giddy up. Tacovas believes in Western for all. And you can feel that when you stop in one of their stores and get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 at Tacovas.com. Just use promo code ZABE, that's promo code Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, at checkout. It's a $30 value, and they sell out fast. Only at Tacovas.com. Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Today on the ZabeCast, Aaron Rodgers to the Jets looks like it's all over, but the dude broing on Pat McAfee. Now we'll see how much of Aaron's grocery list Woody Johnson was able to spring for. Special guest Mark Spencer talks World Baseball Classic. All that plus bifurcation and put the playmaker back on the air. Stat. Your bonus 45-minute edition of Pure Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. (laughs) Here we go. Wednesday, March 15, 2023. Thank you for downloading. And sorry, but the first two of the first four not available uh, for comment because they occurred too late for the recording of today's podcast. I'm enjoying those games right now, as a matter of fact. The Gargantu bracket is out, and it will be available today, this morning. In fact, it was out last night, Tuesday night. Thank you. Hat tip to Brad Turner, who has done his absolute finest with this year's edition of the one bracket to rule them all. Go to my Twitter feed to see it pinned at the top of my Twitter feed, at Zabe, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. Download, print out, make it on poster board, put it in your man cave, your bar, uh, wherever you want to put it, at your place of work, and enjoy. Come on and watch some basketball. So it looks like Aaron Rodgers is probably going to end up on the Jets after all. Today, the Jets signed Alan Lazard, a overachieving, good-blocking, good-handed, large wide receiver of, I'd say, modest production. In his five years in Green Bay, I think it's five, he ramped up his catches from like nothing his rookie year to like 20, 30, 40, 60 catches, six touchdowns last year for the Packers. He was no WR1 replacement for – shut up, alarm. Don't know why you're going off right now. It's 8 o'clock at night. He was no WR1 replacement for one Devontae Adams. But he gets a modest-sized deal, four years, $44 million, something like that, 22 guaranteed. That's the ballpark, about 11 mil. Not terrible. Good deal for him, and he's on the Jets. And this came just hours after it was revealed by Diana, Diana Rossini of ESPN that Rodgers had given the Jets a wish list, not a demand list, she was 
clear to clarify. Clear to clarify, she was she was she looped back to make sure people understood this. But it still comes off as an eye-rolling, oh God, this guy type of thing. Rogers told the Jets he would like Alan Lazard, ding. Randall Cobb, who is I think gonna be 34 and is in declining production to be sure, but is one of Rogers' boys. You saw him walking off the field into the tunnel at the end of the season after losing to the Lions arm-in-arm with good old Cobby. Mercedes Lewis, who I think is 73 years old at this point. Just kidding. He might be 37, though. Old dog or big dog Mercedes. And Odell Beckham Jr., who has not played in a year and wants $20 million a year. Good luck with that, Aaron Rodgers. I think it's pretty clear at this point Rodgers is going. The deal is going to get done. We'll see how much of the money the Packers may or may not have to eat or may choose to eat in order to get better compensation. We'll see what they get back. The time to exit is now. I have no doubt Rodgers will be very good with the Jets. I would bet that he can lift them into the playoffs. They may win a game there. And for the Jets, that's going to feel amazing and their fans. But the reason the Packers, I think, are comfortable moving on is that they've realized, look, as good as Rodgers is and has been, we can't get home with him. We can't get all the way. I've said this during the year. I'll say it again. Rodgers is maybe the least physical of starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And by least physical, I mean the least willing to take risky runs, to dive head first, to go for it on fourth and short, to do sneaks. His legs are nimble in spurts at times, but they are not dangerous at all. And the game has changed. When people said Rodgers looked old and cold against the Niners two years ago in the playoffs at home, they were dead on. He did look that way. And the quarterback position, while yes, it's a passing position, and he is still one of the best passers from a clean pocket that walks the planet Earth. The job requires more than that. And I think the Packers know they need a younger, tougher, more spry guy to possibly get over the top and get home. And they're hoping that guy is Jordan Love. And I hope that guy is Jordan Love. We shall see. The funny meme, though, is that right now, Aaron Rodgers is both the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, the general manager of the New York Jets, and the owner of the Chicago Bears all at once. Quite a feat. Pour one out to one Dick Fosbury. Who, you might ask? Well, young folk, come gather around. Dick Fosbury invented something called the Fosbury Flop. It was a revolutionary way to compete in the high jump in the Olympics. This is pure sport, by the way, the high jump. Very simple. It's like, well, here's a bar. We're going to raise it up, raise it up, raise it up, jump over it. Yeah. How should I jump over it? Any way you want. High jumpers back in the day, Hall had pretty much the same technique, which was to go parallel to the bar, jump, and then with their chest pointed down, kind of scissor kick their way over the bar onto the mat. Fosbury, though, decided, hmm, I bet there's a better way to do this. So he ran at an angle, generating a lot more speed and momentum towards the bar, and then launched himself and twisted onto his back, flying over the bar and then kicking up his legs at the last moment to clear the bar safely and land on his back. At first, he was ridiculed for this until... He cleared seven feet, four and a quarter inches to win the gold medal at the Olympics in Mexico City. And pretty soon after that, the old way of doing things had gone by the wayside. 28 of the 40 jumpers in the following Olympics used the Fosbury flop method. And in 1976, not long after, less than 10 years after Fosbury revolutionized the sport, The last guy doing the old method 
had finally won a medal, and that was it, 1976 in Montreal. Rest in peace, Dick Fosbury died of a recurrence of leukemia, or lymphoma, excuse me, at the age of 76. I got to thinking about people whose techniques, sporting athletes whose techniques revolutionized their sports. And the only comparison to the Fosbury flop I can think of is the soccer-style kicker and the guy that is credited as being the first soccer-style kicker in the NFL is one Pete Gogolak, who kicked for the Bills and the Giants in the 1960s and 70s. And he was the first guy to go at the ball soccer-style, to come at it from the side and to sweep his foot through and to hit the ball with the insole or the top part of his foot instead of the toe. And at first, I'm sure he was ridiculed. And then people said, wait a minute, he's really getting good contact on this. A lot more consistent as well. Not squibbing the ball left and squibbing the ball right off the toe. Doesn't need a special toe punch shoe to do it. I don't know, this guy might be onto something. Pretty soon, the last straight-on kicker, I think was Mark Mosley. There might have been somebody else in the NFL, but that style was completely eradicated. Other revolutionary ways to change certain athletic acts have come and have not necessarily succeeded. In golf, Sam Snead would putt side saddle, facing the hole, both feet together, and do it sort of croquet style. By the way, it's illegal to straddle the line of your putt, but he would do it side saddle, and that was his way of doing it. That did not catch on. Rick Barry shot free throws underhanded and was very good at it, deadly accurate. It looked silly. He looked like a grade schooler, but still, he didn't care. He was hitting like 90% underhanded. That did not take off. In bowling today, two-handers have become so much the rage. My producer, Josh, who bowled competitively in college, says that there is a move to maybe restrict and or outlaw that. I don't know enough about whether two-handed bowling is an abomination to the sport or not, but it doesn't seem, well, I don't know. seems like you should have to bowl with your fingers in the holes with one hand instead of two. If you have somebody who revolutionized a technique in a sport, a la Pete uh, Gogolak or... Dick Fosbury, do let me know. I'm curious to hear about it. Michael Irvin should be put back on the NFL Network now. I saw briefly today that he had dropped his defamation suit against Marriott, and that signaled to me, oh, wait a minute, there must have been something damaging on the videotape that came out, which Marriott refused to turn over uh, and got a, 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 a judge in, in one of the courtrooms, really pissed off, like, no, you don't get to say we're not doing it. Turn the fucking surveillance video over. They finally did. And I thought, man, it's going to show something really bad. There's nothing on it. There's nothing. It's like a two-minute conversation, two-minute and change. Irvin, I think, maybe touches the woman briefly on the elbow. She might touch him. It was in full plain view of a bunch of other patrons of the hotel. She walked away. There was another man that confronted the woman angrily. Who knows what that was about? But there's no confirmation. There's no audio that confirms what the woman claims Irvin said, which was, are you familiar with a a black man being inside of you? An obvious sexual reference. This is an injustice. For Michael Irvin, and I can't believe that I'm caping up for a dirty, stinking cowboy like him. But still, if there's going to be any justice in the world, especially for men who are often at the weaponized end of the legal system from women who just don't fucking care about lying, then this has to be fixed right away. What will the NFL Network do? What will the league do? Will they cower to, I'm sure, a vocal minority of women's groups who say, you got to believe all, believe all women? Really? Look at the videotape. You're going to ruin a man's career. Take him off the air over this? If that's the case, nobody's safe.
All right. My man, Mark Spencer, took a moment to pick up my phone call because he was at the World Baseball Classic in Miami, had such a moving, powerful, wonderful experience. He's in the baseball business. You'll hear about that in a second. But he just wanted to share the experience with me and talk about how much national pride still matters to some countries and to some players in baseball, unlike some Americans. Mark Spencer is next, right after this. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If 2024 is the year you're jetting off to a new country, or even just want to expand your language skills beyond English, then I urge you to check out Rosetta Stone today. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years. Why? Because it works. Instead of drilling vocabulary words, with Rosetta Stone you learn by matching audio, from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, participating in dialogues, and other practical language skills that fast-track your ability to communicate fluently. Not only is it a more effective way to learn, it's more fun. Rosetta Stone's advanced voice recognition technology gives you feedback on how well you pronounce words. Other language learning apps use speech recognition to detect what you said. Rosetta Stone tells you how well you said it. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages with lessons available on your computer, phone, or tablet. And with a lifetime membership, you get forever access to all the lessons for all the languages and never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, ZabeCast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Hello, sir. <laughs> My man, I am so glad you reached out to me. I was thinking about you during Sawgrass Week, and I was like, fuck, I got to catch up with Spence. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Uh, Remind me of uh, how I bill you before I start here. (laughs) Because you you work for, uh, I forget the outfit you work for. It's a uh, launch. It's Rapsodo, right? No, no, no. So, you know, True Tipper, the golf shaft company. Yeah. So I went to work for them four and a half years ago. Uh, They started to make baseball bats. Right. And then we purchased um, the, there's a really popular, you see it on players in the majors too. Real popular custom fielding glove company called 44. You see it all over the place. They do custom gloves. They're real 
Real How uh, swaggy, custom, right? Like, what is custom about them? The leather, colors, the, the colors, the, the webbing. The, everything. You can get okay. the webbing, the, the stitching. You can get the, the laces a certain color. You can get the, the webbing a certain design. Like, exactly what you want. Um, it's custom only. They're not for sale. Like, the guy pitching right now for Dominican on the mound, I just looked at it. He's using a 44 glove. The guy's okay. pitching right now. All so, right. Um, like nasty, nasty, uh, Nestor Cortez, he has it, um, Verdugo, he uses 44, like it's a ton of guys. Anyway, um, 44 pro is the name of the company. We bought them. And now I am now the product manager and developing a bat line for them. They never made bats. <laughs> so now I'm developing a baseball bat for them. And we, Georgia tech is using them. Who is we, a, you say we bought pro. them. Yeah. True temper. True Temper, okay. All right, so you've been working for True Temper for a while now. Yeah, yeah. How many years? Uh, Four and a half years now. Oh, man, time flies. Before that, you were running a... uh, Baseball facility. Yes. How is it that I haven't talked to you in four and a half years? (laughs) Or I just forgot forgot that you no longer work there. Last time I think we talked, it might have been goddamn four and a half years ago. That's outrageous. No, it hasn't been four years. We've talked, and I probably didn't talk enough about me. Because, you know, it's all about me. I should talk about me. Well, listen, I I like letting people know (laughs) the cool things that my friends do. Because that's what people love about this podcast is I've got yeah. people out there in the field in the industry. And so Spence here, uh, Mark Spencer, called, texted me out of the blue today just to say I'm driving home from Miami all the yeah. way up to Jacksonville. And yeah. I was just at the World Baseball Classic and I've got to talk to somebody about yes. baseball, national pride, oh. what the game means, what it could be even better and et cetera, et cetera. And I said, perfect. Let's do it tonight on the podcast because I was blown away at the Shohei Otani bomb in Japan to the Mm -hmm. flag waving, Mm -hmm. psychotically passionate fans. And even more incredible was the fact that they passed the ball around Mm -hmm. to take (laughs) photos of it with not a single concern that it would ever make it back to the rightful owner of the guy who caught it. That's a fucking culture that's got a leg up on us. Right, Spence? Oh, unbelievable, right? Like, and I, I really think the same thing would have happened in Miami. I think um, it, it's... It, who is it in just, the Miami bracket? What teams? Okay, yeah, so the, the Miami bracket is um, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Nicaragua, <laughs> and Israel. And oh, Israel with an accent. Israel. Yeah. Okay. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it is a group of death. I mean, it is. Oh, my it, God. Yeah. So not not only like I'm right now coming up to bat in the Dominican versus Israel game. Okay. Coming up to bat in this next inning as we speak is going to be Juan Soto, Manny Machado. I mean. So, so a lot of these WBC teams, you know, these other countries, they have some major league players. Sure. Right? Like, um, I think Japan has two, and the rest play, you know, they're in, in, um, in Korea and Japan. Um, you know, maybe Australia would have a – like Canada, you know, they got Freeman and then like another guy and then a couple guys. These teams, you know, the Dominican and Puerto Rico and – in Venezuela, Loaded. they don't just have major league guys. No, they got superstars. They got, they got all-stars. Yeah. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're, it, they're absolutely loaded. And uh, I saw, too, this was great. I saw where a Nicaraguan pitcher, who was not under contract with anybody, struck out, get ready, Soto, uh, Julio Rodriguez, and Rafael Davers in one <laughs> game. And immediately after the game, a scout came up and said, here, we'd like to sign you to our farm system. Classic. Yeah, the Detroit the, the Detroit Tiger guy uh, scout reached out within an hour. Um, the kid is 21 years old, 5'11", like 170 pounds. He's never been out of Nicaragua. So he's never been to any type of uh, showcase or anything like that. So if, if you were to ever know of him, you would have to have gone into the, um, you know, the club league level inside Nicaragua to see this kid put pitch. And and the coaches came out today and said he was the last player chosen to make the teams. 
oh my god yeah <laughs> this i mean what a life-changing game for mm-hmm. him yeah potentially yeah, really great and you know there are some hitters that i thought some quality hitters you'll get some guys so what'll happen you know with a few of these guys is they'll get like you know at the if they got the right agent you know they'll get like a little ten to twenty thousand dollar you know little bump and say okay you know, we'll give you two months in the in the extended league in florida and they'll get a chance you know and so it's not like the guys they're going to sign for the World Baseball Classic are going to, you know, go right to the double or triple A stuff. But, you know, that kid, you know, he's 21, so he's not a kid. He looks like he's, you know, 13. But, right. you know, they'll, they'll you know, probably give him a little bump, and then they'll send him to Florida and just, okay, you know, how much of what we saw was real or how much was the money? Right. Right. We don't we don't know. And that's the beautiful mystery of the game. So the World Baseball Classic is back now after a couple year hiatus because of the Mm -hmm. pandemic. And it's only only goes off once every four years anyway. Right. Every three years. Every three years. Okay. Yes. Yeah. The last time this was played was 17. I mean, it's 2023. The last time this was played was 2017. Now, there is a little bit of pushback from some of the pitchers in the majors saying, look, we don't like ramping up our arms to full go this early in the season. And I think Max Scherzer said he doesn't mind the concept. He'd rather it though be in the middle of the season. Yeah. That's your, your thoughts on uh, that. Okay, don't get me started, right? I think Max Scherzer <laughs> Don't get me okay, started. <laughs> Max Scherzer, okay, is embarrassed. He had to come out and say that. You know why he's embarrassed? Why? Here's a dude that's already got his money and has chosen his money over national pride because what he saw the other day was a guy in Sandy Alcantara who is the right now the Cy Young winner from last year mm-hmm. who does not have a big contract. Okay, if he gets hurt, that's hundreds of millions of dollars flushed down the toilet. So why was what? Alcantara he, Sandy, pitching and Scherzer not? Because of national pride. And Scherzer chose money over national pride and was embarrassed when he saw Pablo Lopez starting (laughs) and he saw Alcantara starting. And so the next day, it's amazing. The next day he comes out with this, oh, I don't want to ramp up. No, you chose your money and and you saw America (laughs) get their asses beat. Sure. Okay. And you know you could have helped your country. And you chose your money over your country. You, <laughs> he's, he's not the only win. one, though, Spence, who has said it's not ideal for arms. And he's trying, he's old, too. Can you at least no. give him that bit of a break? Nope. No, no, you're not I'm in do the it. business. The, with the training techniques we have now, that, you know, I'm going to, you know, drive line with the weighted balls and, and how much we know about arm fatigue. Um, there is no reason. And these are all pitch count. You can't throw more than 65 pitches. Right. And so here's the thing. The reason he said that, look at the timing of when he said it. He said it after America got our asses beat by Mexico and embarrassed. Right. And he, and he said it after, you know, seeing Sandy and these other guys pitch who don't have these giant contracts, and they chose their national pride over the money and he was embarrassed. Yeah. Okay, fair enough on that. Now, if it came push to shove, yep. could the U.S., with the best of the best of our best, beat everybody else in the world in baseball? I don't know. That's a no, with, that's amazing, you, right? With, it would with, be with a Venezuela, hell of a fight, wouldn't it? I'm telling you, with watching Venezuela play in person – Watching them beat the Dominican and then beat Puerto Rico in person and being there for that, the Venezuelan team, man, they, there was at bats were amazing at bats, I, absolutely. You know, when you, you got and you got Miggy, you know, batting like eighth just as a ceremonial guy, <laughs> right? Here's a freaking Hall of Famer as a ceremonial player. You know, you got Altuve out there, and I just, it's, it's just flat out amazing. It, it's and you know, baseball's funny. Because, you know, if it's a fastball down the middle and you're hunting fastball, I don't care who just threw it. That sucker's gone. Yeah, but the ball and doesn't know how much money no. is in the fingertips of the guy who Mm-mm. threw it. So no, I think Scherzer, but back to, and I'll wrap, put a wrap on this, on, on the American side, is I, I think Scherzer's comments would have had a little more weight if he would have said it two months ago. 
by saying, look, man, right. I can't play because of this. But by by basically by being watching America get embarrassed and knowing he could have helped, he had to come out and say that to try to save face. Yeah. The uh, you know, it seems like MLB is embracing this and pushing this. And it seems like most of the mm-hmm. players are fine with it and kind of like it, actually. Certainly the international guys who are playing for national pride, they oh, certainly like it. So where what's the future of this event? Oh, I think it should stay this, just like the World Cup in soccer. Okay. It, is, it should stay every three years. It, um, I, mean, I just got to – I don't know how to set the scene for you. We, so we are renting a house that's uh, four blocks from the stadium in Miami. And they played this uh, down at, uh, at Marlins Park, right? <laughs> yeah, Marlins Park, downtown Miami. Actually, Little Havana, so it's across I-95 from downtown. It's in a great city. The, the park in Miami is in a great spot. Um, uh, you know, the neighbor, it's where the old Orange Bowl used to be. Uh, it's in Little Havana, so it's, 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 it's not the most wealthy neighborhood. Um, How are the crowds for the games? Packed and loud and packed. festive. Festive. Sellouts? It, uh, packed to the top. It's sellouts. Wow. So okay. I, and- yeah. So I've got, I've got, so I go to Marlins games there and I've never seen the stadium like that. You know, we have we're season ticket holders for the Marlins. And, um, you know, I've been to games with, with 15, like um, you know, when, when big names are playing or maybe, you know, the, the Mets or somebody comes to town and there's 20, 25, 30,000. But I've never seen it like this where it's just, up to the top, you know, packed. And, you know, I had to come home for the next last couple of days to work. My two sons that are 18 and 21, you know, they're there in the house and they're still going to the games. Nice. And I'm going back this weekend. And um, so I've sold a few of my tickets. I just sold my ticket uh, for the Puerto Rico versus Dominican game, which will be tomorrow night at seven, which is the final game of the group play. And it turns out it's going to be an elimination game oh, because Venezuela is locked in. I- I'm telling you, so – I sold one of my seats, which was face value is like 20 bucks. What am I ready for $375? <laughs> wow. Okay. couple things done wrap here. One. Yeah. Do you still yeah. live in Jacksonville? I do still live in Jacksonville. Uh, but you've got Marlins season tickets. <laughs> yeah. So we got the 10 game package for four of us. Uh, we How really long of a Miami. drive is that? Uh, no traffic. Just under five. But if you get there anytime after 3 p.m., it's five and a half, six. Wow. And you go down there for about 10 games a year. Yeah, so we'll make a weekend of it. Uh, we'll sell a couple. I'm like, we're not going to make the opening weekend with the Mets. So I just sold those. You okay. Know, just face value. And, um, so, the, yeah, so, so the general, the, the tickets for the public, the first issuance were not mm-hmm. gougy. 20 bucks a pop, you say. Okay, yeah. So you only were able to order world baseball classic tickets in advance and pick your seats. If you were a Marlins season ticket. Holder. Oh, okay. And that is, so we, we've been planning on this for a year. We, so how we does found the, this house to rent? Yeah. So yeah. how does the yeah. average Cuban baseball fan of limited means go to these games or is oh, it, it ain't limited means, man? They're, I mean, it's <laughs> Cubans got money down there. <laughs> it's, it's Cubans, it's Dominicans, it's Venezuelans and Puerto Ricans. And they find the money to get to the games. Oh, they got money, bro. Yeah. You see some of that. I know it's not real gold, but and some of the cars rolling through there, they got cash. <laughs> I'll say this. They may not have money, but they got cash. How's that? <laughs> yeah, they, they may not have money, but they got cash. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I was recently in the Dominican on vacation. And I mm-hmm. was doing some research on all the Dominican players in the majors and mm-hmm. the history of baseball there and blah, blah, blah. And then I was doing some more research on Venezuela because I know they've got a lot of you know guys in the pros and, and mm-hmm. Puerto Rico as well. And I'm glad you're on for me to ask you, is there a substantial difference in the style of play or style of player between those three countries? Dude, that's a great. I've been. I've been. That's a great question because I have been thinking about that. I would say, um, not. It, it, it's really not hard. Not particularly. Out, say it, baseball still baseball, but there's a different culture. Right. So, so what? So what started a few years ago? So it is something that is happening. You'll see it. Um, one of the signatures of the Puerto Rican team is they dye their hair platinum at the top. So what you'll see. Uh, when they make a big hit or something, they'll take their hat off and they'll rub the top of their hair. It's just one. It's like this good luck thing. And <laughs> when they get introduced, and they all they all expose their platinum hair at the top. So if you have a Puerto Rican 
player on your major league team, he's going to show up uh, with platinum hair uh, for the rest of the season, pretty much until it grows out. But that's that's one of the things. But no, I I think that you know you know baseball has been baseball. I think um, it really depends on the personalities that are happen to be on the team at the time. You got you've got you know Lindor. And and Javi Baez, you know, for the Puerto Rican team, you know, in the middle of the infield, that's that's a super flashy, real swaggy yeah. type of player. You know, Altuve is not, you know, for Venezuela, he's not real flashy and swaggy. No, right, real professional. Um, and so the Venezuelan team, I will tell you, is there's something about they are very businesslike now. They're intense, um, but they they are on a mission, and by them out of the gate beating both Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic in this group. Like their first two games were against those teams and they beat them both back to back. It was out of the gate. I mean, it was amazing. It's funny because, you know, they have intense national pride, but Venezuela as a country is one of the most fucked up, imploded, non-functioning societies now. Mm -hmm. Yet, obviously, there still is that pride there. Like, look, we are trying but we just have had this series of unbelievably kleptocratic asshat presidents. And one day we'll get it right down here. But for now, we're kind of fucked. I will tell you, um, so, you know, we're American fans. Then we're there. And, you know, we're sitting there. We buy all these tickets. And, we you know, we rented the house for 13 days in hopes of getting to see us make it, right? Watching us lose to Mexico by a million uh, wasn't <laughs> exciting. I'll tell you that. Right. Um but, you know, we're, so we're there, and you get caught up in it. We got great seats, and um, so we're kind of caught up in it. And we showed it because some of, some of my son's favorite players and stuff were, were with um, uh, the Dominican. I like, you know, they, uh, Soto. I just, just love these guys. And, and when they were playing Venezuela, I just loved this Venezuelan team, even though I hate Altuve, just the whole but <laughs> Why do you hate Altuve? Oh, the whole the the cheating thing, but <laughs> the but then all of a sudden, but I'm a big Miggy guy, you know, being a Marlins, this big Miggy guy, and and during the game, I'm just watching it. I'm like, God, I like this team, and then the fans behind us, on the row behind us, is this group of five guys. Looks like they're lifelong friends, and they're Venezuelans, and they were awesome. Like they were great, right? And, and they were so cool. Yeah. And they won the game, and it's kind of like, you know, gave them fist bumps at the end and stuff. And so, so you know, we're going to see them the next game. So the next game we go to the next morning is uh, Venezuela versus, I think it was, yeah, it was uh, Puerto Rico. And um, it all runs together. I saw so many games. It, Two games yeah. a day for three days. Doesn't and matter. So, but, you know, when I was talking to my sons, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm pulling for Venezuela this game. So I went to the store, the, the team store. I bought a little Venezuelan flag. And then my son, my oldest son, he bought a T-shirt, a Venezuelan T-shirt. Wow. And so we show up to the seats, and they walk up, too, and they see us. And they're like, oh, they gave us big hugs. <laughs> so now That's great. And we're exchanging phone numbers and texting. Like, it, you know, now it's like. a beautiful like, so, thing, man. So it. That's the, what it's so baseball great. and that's what sports can do. That's but that's you know what I really like to see. And, and I'm going to say this, you know, growing up a sports fan here in America, um, I don't know how to describe, it. you know, I'm a, I'm a sooner and, and, um, you know, I, I'm not a fan of Texas. I don't like Texas. I hate, Texas. well, you shouldn't and, be right. And, and, um, and so it was never fun to those games. Like I, you go to the game, I'm just miserable. But I will tell you that because it was always like in your face and stuff. But when you're here, it's these stands are half and half, okay? And these, it, there was a I recorded a video of it. I, I'll, I'm going to text it to you. It was the opening single, nobody on base, first inning, a single grounder up the middle, and the crowd was like it was the game seven winning hit, and it was, but it wasn't like in your face. And so here's all these fans. You know, half and half sitting amongst each other, and they're just having fun and allowing their other yeah. guys to celebrate. That's like good no stuff. one was in your. There were no fights, no one in your face stuff. Like, 
and I, I just think of, you know, going to Jags games this year and, you know, fights everywhere. So I just, <laughs> Duval. I just, yeah, Duval, baby. Hey, don't get me started, right? It was a hell of a year. We got more coming for you. Oh, Be ready. Oh, you, your, patient, your patience as a long-suffering Jags fan is finally being rewarded. And all <sighs> it took was two seasons through hell and a dipshit <sighs> coach. From college, who was, who was yeah. absolutely get, one of the worst. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to dignify this happiness. Uh, that guy with ruining by talking this happiness. About- <laughs> by saying, we're I not talking, talking about. So, but seriously, it it was just it's such a unique. That's what I wanted to talk about. Was you know, here's you can celebrate your team without getting in the face of the yeah. opponent. Yeah, it's possible. And it's just it's, it's a really wonderful great. thing. Wonderful thing. It's Let just, me. Let, really me, fun. let me do a hard pivot, five minutes or yep. less on this final yep. thing. Uh, for those that don't know, Spence uh, grew up in Oklahoma, played quarterback in high school. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, did you play baseball in high school or did you get to come to baseball? You know, I, I did not play an inning of baseball my entire life. Okay, quarterback, football, and also golf, and mm-hmm. was a PGA professional for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Spence listened to my show on Sirius XM back in the day, Fox Sports Radio, and that's how we got <laughs> yep. to know each other. He invited me down to Jackson. Where are you at? What's your hauling? Was like that's what that's what hooked me. Say that's what hooked me. Yeah, what's your hauling? And uh, and uh, and so he invited me down to Jacksonville. I was on my way to the Super Bowl to play Sawgrass, which was a real mm-hmm. treat, even though it was the dead of winter and the tr- and the course was semi dormant, had the overseeded fairways and greens and tees, whatever. Um, but a lot of the trees there. Uh, at Sawgrass were not fully leafed out. I didn't know how many deciduous trees were on the property. So I do want to go back when it's in its full glory. But Spence mm-hmm. and I played golf there when we played a couple of the places. We got a cold snap. Uh, mm. It was 40 degrees <laughs> and windy. We went to play anyway because we had committed to playing. And Spence gave me the line of, you know, the coldest golf you'll ever play is in the state of Florida on yep. these rare days in which you catch a bad weather break, but you've already decided you're going to play. So mm-hmm. that was the case. And so that said, all as a preamble, I got to get your opinion on today's announcement by the USGA and the RNA that they're going to propose mm-hmm. a rollback the mm-hmm. first time in the history of our grand game that mm-hmm. the golfing authorities are going to try to roll the equipment back, at mm-hmm. least in terms of the golf ball, for the top players in the so-called elite events. So far, the PGA Tour has not said anything about this. The Augusta has not said anything, nor has the PGA. They're sitting on the sidelines. This is going to go through like a seven-month review and comment period. Some people say it's long overdue. Others are saying not so fast. What sayeth you? So I, I am a strong uh, supporter of bifurcation. Okay. Uh, so what bifurcation means is basically I think there should be equipment standards from the ball to equipment that are for tournament players, you know, elite tournament players uh, of which I've, I'm one. I, I still play national events, USGA events. Um, and, and the average guy, I think that's the way to grow the game. And here's why here, here's the analogy I use. If you go to one of the big box sporting goods stores, Zabe, and you want to buy a football because you want to throw the football around. Right. Well, how old are you now, Zabe? I am 54 years young. Okay. I only feel and, 27. And how's your, how's your, how's your shoulder and throwing arm? It's been better. Yeah. Okay. So, but you would like to be able to throw a ball far. So when you go to these big box stores, okay. You can find a Nerf ball. Not only is it smaller to fit your hand and easier to throw and lighter, it's got freaking propulsion wings in the back of it (laughs) to allow you to throw it like 70 yards. Okay. Why? Okay. Because you're the recreational guy that supports the game and wants to have a little fun throwing the ball around. Now, on that same wall is the exact ball that Patrick Mahomes uses. Okay, you can buy that if you want. Oh, and it's a big old so, tight pigskin. It's big yeah. and round and full of belly, and you better have long, lean, grippy fingers to get a good handle on it. And yeah, no, it's a it's a deal. Okay, I, I get and so it. So in golf, and so in golf, why are they letting 
a why are they forcing a 54 year old man to play by the same rules of of uh, hurting equipment as Roy McIlroy and his swing speed? Why are they forcing you, uh, okay. Steve Zabin? Right. Why are they forcing you to use equipment that they're regulating for Roy? Okay. No, they Fine. should have equipment regulated for Rory. And then equipment and standards okay. regulated okay. for the average guy. All right. Okay, fine. Let me let me play the role of a police officer who has just arrived on the scene of a disturbance. And I'll ask the most simple question that the cop always asks. Mm-hmm. So what's the problem here? The problem here is is the course designs are strategic. So the problem here is right now the game has turned into so there's a there's a mixture of skill and athleticism in every sport. Some sports require more athleticism than skill. Some sports, I would call, let's say, pool, takes more skill than athleticism. Okay, but it's a sport. It's a game. Okay. And so some activities, physical activities and sports, there's always a balance and mix. What they've done with distance and the ball now, is you don't have to have as big of a skill set to succeed in golf right now. All you have to learn how to do is hit it as far as possible. Okay, and but then learn how to hit. Well, hold on, I'm, I'll, I'll explain this. I'll I'll put it in a bow. If if the ball goes three seventy five, then all you need to learn how to do is hit a driver and a wedge to a par five, and you're hitting over bunkers that were placed there when this course was designed. Okay, so now. If we can roll the ball back to to the fit the golf course the way the course was designed to play strategically, your skill set has to increase. You have to have okay. more skill. You All have right. to have be able to pit, hit if I may, iron. If I may yeah. interject, counselor, what is this going to then yield? More eyeballs on PGA Tour telecasts, more people playing the game at a recreational layer level. Is it going to result in more average players ranked 75 to 125 winning events over Scotty Scheffler and Rory McIlroy and John Rahm? And if that all happens, how does anyone necessarily benefit? Because I don't think any of that's going to happen by rolling the ball back 10% for the highest swing speed guys out there. The scoring average on tour has been flat now for about 10 years. Mm -hmm. And little teensy-tiny guys like Justin Thomas, who weighs, who's 5'10", 175 pounds soaking wet, Mm -hmm. is one of the longer guys on tour. What's Mm -hmm. the problem? The the problem is, like I said, you have (laughs) taken out... The amount of skill. You're saying the game it, is not a game of skill. You're saying Scotty Scheffler, John Rom, John McElroy, uh, uh, Roy McElroy don't have skill, which I no, reject. I reject your on. argument, Spencer. No, no, no. I'm saying they don't need as many different different skills. They have. They can get. They can be the best with fewer skill sets. What I mean by that is they don't have to hit five irons. They have all the skills in the world. They hit their five well, iron two twenty on a rope. It is very difficult. It. it is extremely difficult to hit a drive. 375 yards, right? It's, it's, Nobody's hit, hit straight. A 375. Not, yes, these guys do hit it. Downwind with a big bounce. Carry distances. There are limits for those listening right now, and maybe if yes. you're bored, you're bored, but I'll, I'll explain to you. There are limits already in place. 317, for, is that what it is? 317? Well, there's exit velocity limits by the USGA on right? golf balls in miles per hour off their testing machine. And, and yeah, 127 miles per hour swing speed. The average swing speed on tour for drivers is 114, right. 100, which is moving like a mofo. I was in the simulator today, and I barely topped 100, and I felt pathetic. Right. So right. 114 is the average on tour. The top guys, the complete freaks, get to the 120s. But there's ways to mitigate against this. Higher rough, is, more trees, and there's the another way to mitigate. What is the shot in golf? The recovery? I'm, I, there are, it's all exciting. I love the game. I love seeing these guys perform at a high level. I think this is a solution in search of a problem. The whole myth of we're going to make 8,000-yard golf courses. The average uh, length of most of the top courses and majors has been 72 to 7,500 yards, and it hasn't really budged up a whole lot in the last 10 years, and there's ways to make it harder. Marion, which held the U.S. Open when Justin Rose won it, was one of the mm-hmm. shorter venues. But they mitigated that by growing rough so thick you could lose a dog in it. 
fine. Right. Guys right. have to figure it out. It still produced a thrilling competition in my mind. To me, this all what, – what got it for me is about – I think it was about 10 years ago. I'm watching the uh, Travelers, so at Torrey Pines. Okay. Is that the Travelers? No, 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 no. State no, no, Farm. no. That's the State Farm, right? State Farm at Torrey Pines, yes. Yeah, I'm watching, I'm watching Torrey Pines. And the 18th hole is a par five. And there's there's two bunkers down the right that I'm 50 – I'll be 53 this year. And for as long as I can remember – if you kind of push your drive a little bit, those bunkers eat up your drive. You got to lay up, and then you're wedging it over the pond. Mm-hmm. Gary Woodland's up there. Last 72nd hole of the tournament. You know, I think he's only up by one stroke. Like, it's a tight tournament. He makes a swing. Big old one-arm finish. Like, oh, <laughs> one-arm finish. Guess where the ball went? Right down the effing middle of the fairway, 320 yards. He made a mistake, and there was no penalty to the mistake. You know why? Because he doesn't have to have a skill set because of today's equipment to hit it in the fairway. <sighs> I suppose, uh, Spence, I suppose. Uh, all I know is this. You're, if this rule passes, you are opening up Pandora's box to bifurcating every club in the bag. Yeah. And the manufacturers are going to go crazy. And your... the manufacturers, if they do this right, they're going to make money. And here's why. I used to work for Nike Golf. Yes. Okay. Here's how you make money from bifurcation. Because sell two sets of clubs. I know. But yes. here's 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 the thing, though, as we we bounce out here to Bing Crosby straight down the middle, just in honor of this. <laughs> um, you're going to have your average Joe Blow at the club using an illegal ball. And it's going to be very hard to police. And that's going to be a potential nightmare. And if it's an illegal ball, then there's going to be an illegal driver. And there's going to be a lot of shady shit going on. Because I know guys at private clubs that will do this kind of stuff to win a flight. But hey, we'll see if it passes. I'm not sure. They're already shady with handicaps. So what's new? I know. That's that's a very good point. You know what? We'll see if it passes. Hey, Spence, it's great to catch up with you. We'll talk Jaguars next visit, all right? Brother, you got it. All Deal. right, pal, talk to you. See you later. See ya. There you go. I was never keener to play. I heard it hang down the middle. It went zing down the middle. Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.